You're listening to The G-Factor with Lauren and Tony, a weekly microcast offering a variety of unique ways to market your business or organization. Now, without further ado, here are the hosts of G-Factor, Lauren Doherty and Tony Van. Good morning, everyone. This is Tony Van. Uh, we have made it to the end of the year. I hope everyone has had a wonderful Christmas and happy holiday. As you all may know, at the uh, end of the year, we do a couple of uh, showcases on the uh, top few podcasts from the previous year. So we've given Lauren a more than well-deserved day off today, and uh, I'm going to run through a couple of podcasts that uh, hit our top charts. So uh, today, the first uh, episode we're going to re-listen to is uh, episode number 70 from season three, and uh, it's called The Customer Service Factor. It originally uh, aired on January 21st of 2022, so I hope you enjoy listening to this first podcast, and uh, I'll come back to you uh, as soon as it's over. Lauren, you know what chaps my hide. What is that? That's when I have a serious issue and I can't get satisfactory customer service. You know, that is one thing that um, I think is super important for a business. And I happen to be dealing it right, dealing with it right now. I, you, we moved, you know, we moved and I can't for the life of me get anyone internet provider, any internet provider to prove that my house is here, even though it's literally here. And so I just keep getting in these loops and and it's like, I can't get someone to be human for me to actually talk to them about, you know, where, where I am because they don't believe I have an address. It's very frustrating. That is frustrating, which I think that you, I mean, my first little bullet point in my show prep notes here was about, you know, customer service. When people contact customer service, they are generally already angry or have issues, obviously. Um, They're already distraught. They're already impatient. And those are things that you already, you know, hit the nail on the head. And I mean, we've all been there. So why or how do you think that customer service could be better? What's going on? What's wrong? What do you I think? mean, I feel like I feel like first of all, um, without jumping straight into the show, I think we probably should say like this show is going to be about customer service and good PR. A. B, I think you're totally right. I mean, people are kind of worn slick by the time they're talking to a customer service rep. And no matter how nice and how sweet and how cordial uh, I try to be. The reality is um, there's just no empathy on their side. And like I mentioned, kind of no common sense. I mean, honestly, I would be much more, um, I don't know what I would say, happier is not the right word, but I'd be more understanding from a consumer's aspect if someone would say, boy, that's really frustrating. Uh, We have a process for that or something. I mean, candidly, we cannot be the first person to build a house with a new address. Like that seems ridiculous. Like, isn't that the whole point of, a building is like a new address. And anyway, all that being said, so yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing is just being able to kind of go. And then of course you get caught in that doom loop, like, and I hate being this person, but you're like, can I talk to your manager? Okay. Can I talk? Can someone else help me? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and that drives me crazy as well. So 
Right. Well, I think part of that, I mean, you mentioned empathy and last week we talked a lot about public relations and one of the um, basic principles we talked about then was, you know, honesty and credibility and education, several things that I think come into play here, which is, you know, if you are in a customer service role or you're preparing your customer service team, um, or, you know, that could even be the business owner, you know, answering the phone or answering a Facebook message, whoever that is has to have all of those good qualities and principles top of mind as well as they just have to be informed, you know? So sometimes it might just be that they do not have the information or the answer to that question. So the communications team needs to step in and basically prepare them with answers to frequently asked questions or, you know, prepare to um, be ahead of the game and anticipate those frequently asked questions or problems or issues and have answers or information at the ready for anyone who's providing a customer service role. And to me, I think that would make a huge difference is just being also proactive, which is something we can talk about. So once a customer or, you know, and you're, (laughs) I love this doom loop quote, because I think everyone can identify this phrase, but once a customer is already in that doom loop, or they're already frustrated, just having those answers to those FAQs, I think would be huge. And as you mentioned, having a bit of empathy, and again, referring back to last week's episode, um, I mentioned something about, you know, in 2022, you know, something about PR to really remember is just humanity in general and people are dealing with a lot of things. So, you know, just because their refrigerator is broken, there are a million other problems in their life. And sometimes that all just piles up and comes out at the wrong time. So being empathetic and communicating on a human to human level, um, I think comes back into play right here. I totally agree. And I, while you were talking about this, I've got a couple of notes too, but while you're talking about this, it really makes me think about it. It's not just a company that you can get in that doom loop. So uh, while I worked for the state, for the Lieutenant Governor, you know, people would call and everybody would take these calls, but, you know, people would have some real problems or real issues. And the reality is that you can't do much to help them from that position. In other words, there are processes within, you know, the Department of Human Services or the Oklahoma Tax Commission or the Oklahoma Wildlife Department or whatever that they need to go through. And then the people at those agencies basically are trained, if you will, to, to help them. But, you know, the frustration for those folks that were calling was not that they didn't understand that the frustration had gone past the actual or the original problem. So it wasn't that they, you know, couldn't get their hunting license or they had an issue with, you know, child support or whatever. They understood that what they were complaining about or what their problem was, is that they had an issue with how it was being dealt with. And I think that's the other kind of layer on customer service that you talk, we talk about this doom loop is that some point somebody just wants you to say like, man, I'm really sorry this is happening, or I I wish we had better systems to help you. I mean, that you know, I don't, there are some points in which obviously organizations and companies have to kind of decide, you know, which sword they're going to fall on, if you will. But sometimes just be, being kind of self-deprecating and saying, you know, man, I, I've been there or, you know, we get this a lot, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put in a a suggestion ticket and here's what we can do, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it may not help that 
person that you're working with or that individual you're working with right there, but maybe it shows that the company or the organization is nimble enough to, to slow down, turn the, turn the corner, make the pivot, and then push forward with maybe some new systems or, or something like that. The other thing that when we were talking about doing this topic, uh, there are several organizations that have what they're calling consumer outreach or consumer uh, focus groups. So in other words, you know, if instead of saying like, hey, I'm just going to get you off the phone or, hey, I just want to solve your problem and get out, they actually over-engage that consumer that's, you know, obviously tense or upset. So they'll say something like, you know, I'm really, you know, Mr. Van, I'm really sorry you're having this issue. We have this consumer council group that we would love for you to be a part of. Would you be interested in going through a couple of groups so that we can fine tune this process? And what that does is it creates buy-in from this person that's kind of quote unquote upset or having difficulty to now they're kind of part of the solution. And it's very interesting to me. It's an interesting philosophy because one, it really co-ops that person into the organization or into the company. Two is uh, I think it's interesting because they basically use that as a filter. I don't have time for that. You know, that's usually kind of the, you know, I don't have time for that. I just need to get this solved. Well, that's not someone that's really generally interested in in truly helping or trying figuring it out. They just want to get their problem solved. Whereas someone that says, yeah, I'd love to be part of that process or man, it's cool that you have that process. I don't really have the time to be a part of that, but thanks for asking those are ways that you can reach out with very little um, investment, lack of a better term, to, to show folks that you are trying to do better, you are trying to help. And, and I think those are kind of some cool, uh, unique ways to, to do that. Those are all really good points. And I think to put a little bow on that, it just goes back to ensuring, you know, your customer service side as part of your communications plan, you know, whatever you know, if you are um, taking customer feedback, then make sure that that is getting relayed to all facets of the team so that it can be rolled into all plans the next year. Or, you know, maybe it doesn't have to wait a year to make a big change, but, you know, ensuring that feedback is then it doesn't just sit in the corner um, or in a box or in an inbox that it is actually applied to make change. And that's, you know, staying relevant and um, on the front end of things, you know, planning on the front end makes, you know, comes back to that um, proactive state. And then you're less likely to have or keep having these same issues with customers, or it may not even be an issue. It could just be a frequently asked question, like I said before. So I think those are really, really good points to think about. Yeah. And, and to that kind of a dovetail is that frontline staff. I mean, I'm, I don't know if we just copied this or maybe it's just in my mind, but I keep thinking customer service, like almost a big call center, but you know, I think we run into this uh, sometimes not a lot, but you know, we'll run a contest on social media or we'll be doing a giveaway on the radio or whatever. And if you don't uh, really think about all the, all of the people that will touch the consumer, you know, you might leave out literally the front desk person. And so when those people come in to, you know, get claim their free ticket or get their, you know, floral arrangement or whatever that is, you know, the last thing that you want is to take away the euphoria of that excitement when they roll in to get their Jason Aldean tickets, you know, and they're all excited about it. And the, and the, uh, you know, front desk person says, I don't know anything about that. Or I guess I'll have to call. I didn't know we were doing that. Well, 
that kind of takes the, you know, the wind out of the sails a little bit and then they have to wait. And then they're wondering, well, did they really win or did they get catfish? Like, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. So, you know, it's very important to get that message and proliferate it. Ooh, that's a big word for today. Proliferate it throughout your um, system, if you will, customer service system, so that people really understand what's going on. And and they have buy-in too. They're part of the mission of the organization. So, Absolutely. That's imperative. Uh, I'm so glad that you brought that up because just from a consumer standpoint, that is a huge pet peeve of mine. Or, you know, I was super excited about um, like a new food coming out and then you go to your local restaurant and it's not there, but the signs are up, you know, and they look at you like, what are you talking about? You know, just something as small as that, but it makes a bigger impact than you realize. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have that problem. I go fast food and I want to, you know, order all of like the secret food off the menu. That's not really on the menu. <laughs> they, I mean, the internet said it was there. I don't understand why, people, <laughs> you know, know that it's there. So. Right. Oh goodness. Well, it's important, I guess, customer service, super important. So uh, just remember that's a huge part of the public relations strategic communications plan. The next time you are planning for your organization. Uh, were you going to say something about the, I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but chatbots aren't real. But what? Chatbots aren't <laughs> real people. I thought you said jackpots. <laughs> jackpots sometimes aren't real either. It's true. <laughs> mostly chatbots. So yeah. I- and- I mean, you're right, but the original versions of the chat function or chat box were real people. Oh. But now we've come a long way. Artificial intelligence. That should probably be a topic in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned. Well, on that note about being artificially intelligent, I'm Tony Van. <laughs> and I'm Lauren Doherty. And we'll talk to you next week on the G Factor Podcast. Man, I know why that was uh, one of the top podcast of the year. I think it's so important to understand customer service is critical for a business uh, to succeed. So so the next one we're going to listen to for the podcast best of this year is going to be from uh, May 9th of 2022. It's season three, episode five, uh, entitled, Do You Even Hashtag? I think you'll get uh, a lot of enjoyment and uh, uh, a lot of information out of this one. Here we go. We always start strong, Lauren, but I will tell you what, we are rolling into March. Can you believe it already? I know. I feel like January was the longest month year ever, and then February just flew out the window. Uh, but I'm definitely hoping and ready for some spring weather. I'll tell you that. Yeah, spring is sprung, and you know, the warmer it gets, it kind of makes us want to change into, you know, kind of better clothing. And that's kind of has influence <laughs> on our life, right? <laughs> yeah, better clothing. <laughs> better clothing, you know, like like clothing that's not as hot, if you will. So, right. I mean, me personally, I'd probably rather hide in the winter clothes for a little bit longer. But I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Except, except me for who I am. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's where 2020 should teach us that that 
you should, <laughs> yeah. you should just love yourself for who you are, Lauren. Exactly. It's so, good. Well, so <laughs> let's, let's talk. Let's, that was really not a very good transition, but let's, let's roll with that, Lauren. So today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, influence marketing and some trends, correct? For 2022, for this year. Yes. So I think kind of first and foremost, you know, yes, we're going to talk about influencer marketing, but the first thing you all may have seen or, you know, start hearing kind of buzzword wise is maybe not calling influencers influencers. So we've kind of transitioned from bloggers to influencers. And now a lot are branding themselves as content creators, which I think is um, a much more practical name because it's not always that they're out, you know, selling things, which yes, we will talk about that today. But, you know, I bet you'll notice if you follow any um, on your own social media or have worked with them with brands, they share a lot of types of content, maybe their family or, you know, just a lot of different things. It's basically their life, you know, um, online. So it's not just about, um, influencing you to buy, it's really, you know, creating an online persona and, uh, you know, showcasing everything from their family to their values, to their habits and a lot of different things. So I think that's kind of interesting. Super inter- interesting. And, and this is no joke anymore. I pulled a, an interesting piece from influence marketing hub.com and last year, the influencer slash content marketing uh, sphere industry uh, did 13 billion with a B 13 billion dollars in revenue uh, last mm-hmm. year 2021 and they're anticipating it to go up to 84.9 billion by 2028 wow. I mean that's you know a huge jump I mean they're looking you know like 63 percent of them are using people are using uh, you know content creators for their budgets which is huge. Yes, I saw that. I read um, 84% of consumers have made a purchase via a swipe up in the past year. So 84%. I mean, that is an an insanely huge number. It's huge, huge. And I think that, I mean, just like your statistic just, you know, predicted, I think that we will just continue to see more and more of that. And I don't want to kind of get hung up on like making a purchase, but also keep in mind, you know, like kind of back to that content creation is, you know, that even is something like booking a vacation because you saw, you know, this person go there and it looked fun. I mean, it's about experiences too. It's not just, you know, buying a t-shirt per se. So. Right. Right. And one of the other trends I think we're going to probably see is even more or increased specialization. I mean, the, the whole content creation is great, but if you start looking at, uh, you know, just generalists or somebody that's into food, that's great. But like you are travel, you probably better your example, but if you have someone that's, you know, specific to European travel or specific to British travel or something like that, mm-hmm. you can identify folks, uh, you know, easily. Definitely. That's really smart. So I think kind of that is you know, when we're telling a brand or maybe advising someone to think about utilizing a content creator, um, you know, think about someone who fits you and your brand. So either by topic or their demographic is one you would like to reach. I think that's kind of number one, the most important thing. It's not like a one size fits all, you know, just because this person has 
three zillion followers does not mean that it's a fit for your brand or aligns with your brand mission or values. Um, So really spend the time and it does take a lot of time, spend the time to research and really follow people he might be interested in and look at their daily content, look at the other people they're the other brands they're working with and, you know, really put in that time on the forefront to get the most bang for your buck. Yeah. That's very sage advice. Very, very good advice. One other thing I think is really interesting is, you know, I think kind of the world that started it all was like the mommy blogger, right? And that kind of became the term. Um, But now it's just a diverse pool of types of people and, you know, ages. So I also have been seeing kind of this trend um, called grandfluencers. So it is, you know, they are reaching out to boomers and older generation Xers with their content, because I think we all do have a misconception that like older generations or seniors don't want to learn new tech, but in fact, many of them are and utilizing it every day. So I think we'll see also a rise of all ages and demographics of influencers and content creators, which I think is exciting. It is exciting. I think that that's really points to the willingness of, you know, older generations of internet um, users uh, trusting uh, a content creator like that. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. that that's really been a big, that's a huge shift as well. Absolutely. So I think that's something to watch out for. I, I really think that there is someone out there, there's a content creator out there for every brand probably. And if not, if you're not looking that route, I think the other thing that's important is to, learn how to utilize or tap into user-generated content from quote-unquote regular people, but your audience that follows you. So those can be your influencer or your content creator too. You know, ask to share a photo they took, or especially if someone leaves you a good review or a testimonial, ask to share that and use those things. Um, I think that that can really make your brand thrive. And that's a good way to also make your audience feel more engaged and seen and heard and that their opinion matters, you know, both ways, or maybe it helps improve, you know, a service you're offering or product you're offering. So I think user generated content is super important as well um, in this kind of discussion. So just something to think about. Yeah, I think that's, um, that's important. And then the other thing with uh, content creation is, I think the watchword, if you will, for 2022 is authenticity. Make sure that you are authentic, that you're not just, you know, to your example, you're not just grabbing photos to grab them because you think, you know, they'll connect. I mean, you really need to start crafting brands uh, to ensure that that content is um, is true. I mean, I don't know how else to say that, but it's just true to to who you are and who you want your consumers to be. Right. Make sure, you know, your your audience will identify with it. I think that is very important in this whole discussion. Um, Kind of my last thing is just whenever you are reaching out to a content creator um, or an influencer or whatever fits for your brand, just make sure that you set the expectations on both sides. I still, I think that's always relevant research who you're working with, and then ensure that you both know what kind of the deal is, Um, have that in writing and make sure you both know what is included and not included and what, you know, the payment is or 
um, the trade, whatever that agreement may be. And then that way you can, you know, both leave feeling, you know, you did a good job, you got uh, a return on your investment and make sure that you're being provided analytical data as well with that. So that's kind of the last thing I think to keep in mind that's important to be successful. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a strong ending. I mean, I think that's a, a lot of good information. And <clears throat> if someone wants to, you know, listen to us, maybe, maybe Lauren, you, we could influence them a little bit with your content. <laughs> Let's hope so. And right. if anyone's looking for any kind of like food reviewer influencers, I mean, I think we'd both be in for that. Just a quick little, I mean, side note. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Just go to, go to the, the guild's uh, social media and, and hit us up. I think we'd be all about that. Cool. Well, on that note, uh, I guess I also put a little plug in. If you uh, have any other thoughts about uh, uh, content marketing or influencer marketing or would like to uh, connect with Lauren a little bit further about uh, working that into your marketing plan, uh, check it out uh, on the social media for The Guild Factor or on the website at guildfactor.com. So, and for The G Factor, I'm going to wrap this up. This is Tony Bain. Lauren Morty. We'll talk to you next week. Thank okay, well, that wraps us up for 2022. It is in the bag, the can, the box. We have finished this year. So what do we have to look for in 2023? Well, Lauren and I will be kicking the year off with some of our amazing looking into the future ideas for marketing. Then we're going to take a look at uh, uh, AI bots, uh, how to uh, position your website correctly, and uh, planning for effective marketing. So I hope you'll join us next year for another fantastic year of the G-Factor podcast. And with that, and on behalf of Lauren, I will sign off. So this is Tony Van without Lauren Doherty. We'll hope you'll check us on Monday for the G-Factor podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to G-Factor. For more episodes, additional information, and a way to connect with Lauren and Tony, visit theguildfactor.com.